right, all right, all right. Like uh, Dad said, and I'm sure everybody else has said in one way, shape, or form, glad to be here, being able to do this kind of thing. Uh, there's many churches that uh, don't have anybody who can preach outside the preacher, and that's a shame. And if you're in a church that uh, doesn't prioritize producing preachers, you're eventually going to be without a preacher at all, and uh, it will get to a point where you don't have anybody who can open the Bible and anybody who can learn the Bible, and nobody knows what's going on, and then you just kind of, well, why are we even here? So we might as well just go do something else, you know, because the Bible runs people off, so if we're, you know, if the preaching stuff kind of runs people off and we don't know why we preach, then why don't we just stop doing that and go find another reason to get people in? And uh, I'm glad that we're in a church that's very much the opposite of that. Amen. And uh, there's old folks in here. Man, it was good to see Brother Harris, but it was good to see you up here. It really was. Uh, I know, uh, like what Brother Spurgeon said, if, if you are up here and you don't have some amount of fear or tingling or, God, man, I really hope I don't say something dumb, some amount of any of those three or four or five things going through your head at every point when you're up here, uh, you have no business being behind a pulpit ever. Uh, you have no fear of the right things. You need to have a fear of God and fear that uh, you mess up. And like, like, uh, well, like what was said is, uh, I don't want to be up here and, and the devil gets a hold of me up here and takes my sword up here and stabs somebody here. Yeah. And I don't, want, I don't want that to happen. And that was very much a true statement. There's a, it's interesting how all these things kind of tied together. You know, Brother Spurgeon talks out about sanctified and you know, how you have to sanctify in your heart. And that's kind of like the first thing. I mean, you get saved in day one. Uh, hey, I want to sanctify myself right now in, in my heart. I want to sanctify myself in the Lord. You don't, you don't have to be a Christian for 20 years to do that. You can do that literally the day you get saved. You're like, you know what? I think God created this body, made it for, me, made it for his own use. So I'm just going to kind of like do what he tells me to do. And I'm going to get saved and then pass that. You know what? I think the next thing to do is I just need to give the rest of it to him too. For as long as he wants and for whatever purpose that he so chooses. And I think that's the right thing to do. I think the sooner you get that in your head and is that... Uh, this thing was created for him. I, this, what you see up here, what is out there is for his pleasure. It was created for his pleasure and that we might as well just give as much and, and as, as often as we can give everything to him. And uh, he'll, do the, he'll do the right stuff. And you see, you see the Lord or you uh, sanctify the Lord in your heart because that's, and the Lord looks on the heart. I mean, you know, the first thing I would like to talk about here is just seeing, you know, if we want to go to, uh, let's go to Acts chapter number 17. I got Three or four verses here. We may touch on uh, just one. We may touch on the rest of them. It just depends on how my brain is wired tonight. Um, uh, it, is, it is important that uh, we see. We take, we, we take a look and see. And I know Brother, brother saw some of you like, man, what in the world is he talking about star? For me, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, that just kind of checks the box. I'm going to say sanctified. And then we got, we got Joe talking about standing. And then Ben, you know, he's talking about the bot. You know, you just got to stand in position. And Ben's like, well, let's just strap the armor on that guy. And you got to now be strong. And you got to think about being safe. And there's nothing wrong with a soldier being safe. All right, the military puts billions of dollars into keeping strong soldiers safe and out of harm's way as much as possible. I mean, you think, well, you're going to train, I'm going to train this guy. It's kind of like, a, you know, a, a paradox. You know, I'm going to train this guy and spend hundreds of millions of dollars training this group of people, and then I'm going to try to keep them alive, and not, I don't want a single one of them to die. But I'm going to put them in harm's way, but I don't, I don't want to preserve this army as much as I possibly can. 
And I mean, it was crazy. I was talking to Brother Adam Gray. We were over at his house yesterday, and he was talking about some stuff going on in Vietnam. One of the guys was over there, kind of as they were pulling out in the last little group, and he was like the last American uh, advisor there with this other Viet Vietnam guy who was, you know, this, uh, South or South Vietnamese guy, I believe it was. And there's like four or five hundred of them left, and thirty-seven or eight or so actually survived. But, I mean, they're pulling out, and he's talking about, it's just him and a couple other guys, and I mean, he's like, there's Viet Cong. They, I mean, with three or four meters away, he's calling in airstrikes and, and Cobra strikes, and they come in the little helicopters in the middle of the night, you know, and just, just absolutely, I mean, just did, 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 30, 40 millimeter cannon, just stuff blowing up all over the place. And he's like, I'm looking, watching guys just explode over here, and guys explode over here. And he's like, and, they, and they're calling in a B-52 strike. I mean, you like, you know, the kind that plane that carries the nuclear warheads, they're calling those in for him alone. I don't care about the Vietnamese guy. I mean, you know, the American government is like, we got an, an American asset over there. That's all we care about. We're pulling out. Keep whatever alive that is American, just whatever, that's it. And I mean, and he's like, and they called in a B-52 strike for me to keep me alive. And I mean, that's what the, UN, that's what the United States will do to protect its soldiers. It will go to the extreme sometimes to protect even a single soldier. I mean, hundred. I mean, it was like forty or fifty, five or five hundred pound bombs. I mean, how many millions of dollars got spent on that one last raid for that one guy to get him out? And he got, and he survived. He's still alive today. I guess he got a medal of honor. You know, after forty years. And uh, you know, talking about being strong, and and then Adam talks about dying to self. And you know, once you start to get trained as a soldier, eventually you get that mindset of why am I a soldier in the first place? And I'm not just a soldier to please me. I'm a, I'm a soldier, you know, for, if you're in the United States military, it's I'm, I'm serving the United States military. And my will, as Jake has often said, he's like, I'm not, if I hurt my body, I'm hurting an asset of the United States military. And I can get in trouble for going out and getting a sunburn. Because I'm not my own. I'm an asset of the United States military. And I'm Christian and I say today, you can be a developed spiritual soldier, but you still got to realize why you are a soldier in the first place. Because you are an asset of the Lord Jesus Christ. You better watch. Even man, I, I'm a I'm a strong soldier. I'm a tough soldier. Yeah, but there's there's things you can do that can that can limit your effectiveness. Just like a soldier can be tough and strong, and man, and the women's they got women soldiers out and out. There's things women soldiers can do that can take them out for nine months. <laughs> and there's things guys can do. You got and you get drunk and you you know get in a wreck and you put yourself through the front of a windshield. You can limit your effectiveness as a soldier. And the military places a high value on not just you become the soldier you're supposed to be, but you got a purpose and you got a reason for existing and you got to have a mindset of a soldier. And I can say as we start to shift, you know, we're, we're looking into next year. We've got a couple hours here and, and it's, you know, we're going to wake up the same tomorrow. If you're sick tonight, you're probably going to feel a little bit sick tomorrow. I mean, all the things are going to just kind of transfer. But, but we look at things in terms of years and time and the Lord lays that out here in Acts chapter number 17. The Bible says... Uh, what, was, what does it say here? And this is something that, we, you know, is right at, at the, at the, uh, uh, the, the, un, the, the unscription of the unknown God. You know, Paul's up here on the Areopagus in Marzil, and it says in verse 24, uh, God that hath made the world and all the things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth. Now, this is something the Christians ought to get. I mean, Paul, this is what Paul was preaching to lost people. We ought to have this kind of mentality just burning our heads. Uh, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needeth anything, seeing he giveth all, or to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times, the times, the times. And we're about to go into a different time. Tomorrow starts the beginning of another time for us. The times. And God has determined that, for hopefully everybody in here, we're going to survive to see another time. 
that they are in, in the bounds of their habitation that they should seek. That they should seek. You know what I notice about that soldier? In every suit of armor that you'll get from any age, there's always holes so that soldier can see. Even the modern stuff they have now where the goggles come down and there's the four little things out there and they can see in the dark and you lasers and all. There's always that little opening where the soldier can see. Because if you can't see the lion, you are no good as a soldier. If you can't see your enemy, if you're not looking for the things you're supposed to look for as a soldier, you know what you're supposed to look for as a soldier? You're supposed to look, hey, is my armor ready and is it, is it put together? Is it, you know what I like about the armors and just about every major armor? It's pieced together. Like one piece attaches to the next. It's not like you just forget this piece. It's like when you leave one piece out, you're intentionally not strapping on something else. Something is not going to fit together underneath it or above it. Or, or you know, I mean, it's like, you, you know, you miss the belt. You know, where the, you know what goes in the belt? Sword. <laughs> you have a hard time carrying your sword if you don't have any piece. I can tell you that. You gotta have a hard time holding everything else together if you don't have any peace. Why? Because it's the belt that straps around everything together. It all, I mean, it all goes together. But there's openings. There's an opening where your eyes are supposed to pop out, and you're supposed to be paying attention. The Bible says here that they should seek the Lord. You know what he's talking. You know what he's talking about there. Paul is talking about us in the future. So about all the nations, you know what he's talking about. Eventually, there's gonna be a place called the United States of America, and there's people that are gonna be in the United States of America, and. God's going to determine all that. He's going to determine the times of the United States is going to be there, the bounds of Ohio, the bounds of Dayton, all that other stuff. And you know what? They should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. And I can tell you tonight, there may be some Christian in here where the Lord has gotten a little bit far away from you. And it's because you walked away. It's not because he went anywhere. It's because you walked away. In 2024 ought to be the time that you seek the Lord if you're that Christian. That you seek, you that you. I mean, maybe maybe it's just like a scene in the movie. You know, we're talking about movies here. And you ever watch a movie when it's just like the movie starts, and you're like, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, and and everything just like slowly, it's all blurry. And then you wake up and you come to in your middle of the battlefield, and you got like a knot right here in your armor because somebody just cracked you over the head. Maybe that's what 2023 was to you. You got smacked upside the head. I feel like a lot of sickness and just the wears and tears and all that stuff. I mean, I guarantee there's some people in here that are like, man, that was just a rough year. Just a tiring year. It's like one thing after the next. It's like this happens and that happens. And somebody passes away and then we got this problem. We hear this person's sick and then the financial stuff. And then uh, it's like this church collapsed and this shut down. And it's like, man, I'm just tired. And just the day-to-day stuff, you know. And it's by God's grace that he lets us come to sometimes. And he doesn't let that enemy just stab us through like he let David stab Goliath and chop his head off. And he... He, it's, like, it's almost like, you know, when you're there and it's like, man, the devil's just going to destroy me. And he just like, you know, somebody comes in and just like you said, I mean, it's good to have other people that are in the battle with you. David and his mighty men, man, if there's a lesson you better learn in the Bible, it's important to have mighty men around you. David the king wouldn't have been around. He'd, there would be no, no proper end to the story of David had it not been for his mighty men. He'd have been killed by Ishbi Be'ubinadab, or one of the guys' name was. And his mighty men saved his life. And Christian, today, we're on a battlefield, and you may, be, you may be one of those mighty men right now, but there may come a time when you get smacked in the back of your head, and you're on the ground, and you're coming to, and don't beat up people too bad when, they, when that happens to them, because it happens to the best of us. And if you're in the Christian walk, like Brother David said, as long as you ought to be, you're going to be on the ground at some point, and somebody's going to be pulling you up and dragging you off. 
to help you out, to get you back out of the, uh, the, the infirmary where you can be taken care of. Like I said, there's a time and place for everything. There's a time maybe, uh, uh, maybe for you. The Bible says, for in him we live and move and have our being. So Adam, brother Adam, I talked, you know, we're supposed to die to self, but we're supposed to become alive in Christ, right? It's like there's a, there's a, there's a balance there. It's like as I become less alive to the will of Andrew Elliot, I become more alive to the will of God. And that doesn't all happen at once. I mean, that's something you got to, like what Brother Spurgeon was saying, man. You wake up today, he's like, man, I feel like I'm a, I'm a pastor's son. I should be a lot farther in this area, that area, and, and God reminded me, he's like, yep, you got that stinking flesh. It's a lot tougher than you thought it was. Being a pastor's son doesn't make your flesh any less wicked. It's, as a matter of fact, it probably makes it more sneaky. Because you have to grow the first 18 years and fool everybody sometimes, right? Become really good at fooling people. Raised in church, like, man, I just, I haven't wanted to be in church for two years. You know, I'm still here because of my mom. And thank God that that strong mom and that strong dad kept you in church. So that way, gave you time for your brain to turn on. You realize, oh my goodness, I really am in a fight. And I really am in a, in a time and place that is, that is important for me to get my head out of my, you know, and put it on right and get my, my stuff strapped on and stand and try to be tough here because the Lord is really the one who's got the power. And if I, try, if I do what he tells me to do, the devil can completely destroy me. But if I do what he tells me to do and he gets in there, and I'm on the right battlefield where he wants me to be, and he's the commander of that battlefield, I'm in the best place I can be. And the Bible says safety is of the Lord, and I believe that. And, uh, man, safety is of the Lord, and sometimes, it, what I gotta, sometimes you die physically. It's not the physical safety, but it's the safety of your testimony. I think it's Stephen as we close up here, and this is the right way to go. Maybe, man, maybe this will be a Stephen moment for somebody this year, and you'll go out the way Stephen did, and you'll, you'll be basically just... Uh, you stoned to death in one way, shape, or form. Maybe, I mean, that's, that could be the case. We're talking maybe 10, 20, 30 years. You could, the way the world's turning, I mean, there's stuff that's happened pretty fast. And, and sin, you know, once the Antichrist is in place and in power and he just flips a couple knobs and switches, you'd be surprised what humanity will do when they're starving and when they don't have this and medical care and all that other stuff. Um, and I think in a Stephen, I'm like, you know what, God, you let him physically die. But you saved, you saved his testimony. And his testimony is saved in this book. I mean, saved as in you push the save button on your computer and it's just like, that's what it's going to be for the rest of the time. Like, I'd like to have my testimony uh, cleaned up as best as possible and saved for when other people come behind me and they happen across my file, the Andrew Elliott file, that he did the best he could. And he had some hard times in 2019 and 2015 and 2014. And that's, that's the same stuff that's in anybody else's life. But he's, he's here. here is, here's his file when he kicked the bucket in 2024 or 2026 or whatever. And, and I, man, it seemed like he went out right. And we don't have all Stephen's story. I'm sure he messed up all the time. But, uh, but he left right. And that's the way, man, I determine the times, the times before. And we always talk about the, the beginning of the start time. But, man, we get to, you spend enough time in cemeteries. You see that end time. You're really just always thinking about that end time. Man, that dash is going to end here at some point. And I want to be, be doing what I'm supposed to do and go out right.